Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening, Razorback fans. Welcome to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, live from the Sterling Soap and Roaster Studio. It's part of the Believe in Buzz Radio Networks, where you can hear us on 106.7 in Central Arkansas. All live shows are presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in downtown Ozark. I'm Porter Hayes. Alongside me, as always, is Adam Hall. We are also brought to you by Bet Online, where you can get the latest odds, lines, matchups, and more for baseball, NBA, Football, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wager, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we'll start with... The OU Arkansas game where OU beats Arkansas seventy nine to seventy in the BOK Center. Um, just from what I gathered and watched on the game, um, it was just the the score did not depict the game. I mean, <laughs> Arkansas had it close in the first half, and we'll get into the, our thoughts about the game. But it's just Arkansas has trouble with this the the this game and. Musk getting those technicals. I don't know really still what that was all about, or um, but that seemed to really you can talk about a trend where it hurt the team. I mean, they got a technical, I believe, and then he gets another one. So it really the point swing on that was just to me. You can't. You got. I know how fiery he is, and mm-hmm. I know we got to accept the good with the bad, but. Sometimes you got to remember you are the coach and you really got to control yourself because now that turns a close game into now they run away with it. You pull within nine to end the game. But what, what was your overall thoughts on the game? Um, starting off, I thought, you know, we looked good. Um, I think we were two out of three from three to start the game. Uh, it looked like it was going to kind of be our tempo favor. Um, some sloppy play just started coming up. Um, not hitting shots, letting uh, Oklahoma um, get some easier baskets, getting rebounds. So as it got towards the end of the first half, it was kind of, you could tell you're on that brink of, okay, they're either going to turn this around like the beginning of the second half, Arkansas is, or OU's about to run away with it. Um, It was an uneasy feeling going into halftime being down like that. Yeah, and, and this team, I mean, and Musselman said, this team's got a lot of work on. Look, we've seen this, and this might be the year that it might be different from past. I don't know. But it's hard to – you see everybody saying, this team needs to get it together, Must needs to get control, and every year he's been here, it's been this way, and then all of a sudden, magically, in, in February, March, they seem to get it together, and they go on a run, whether it's Sweet 16 or Elite 8. So, listen, I'd rather – I'd trade a 0-13 non-conference record if it meant we knew they were going to the Elite Eight or Final Four. I think every Razorback fan would. But I'm just seeing some inconsistencies this year on scoring. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see that person like a 
Mason Jones or an Isaiah Joe, somebody that can get you a three ball when needed. Um, Trevin Brazil, I mean, played his heart out, did the best he could. I mean, I know he wasn't 100%, but you couldn't tell it on the court. But I would love to see that that go-to, you know if you give it to this guy, he's going to get you a bucket. Now, there's been times where it's been Ellis, it's been Battle, it's been Brazil, it's been Davenport, you know. But it's not been consistently where you know this guy's going to get you a bucket. Yeah, and there was a lot of talk on during the game from folks that, you know, they were unsure. Even the commentators were unsure on Muss's ejection in the technicals. Um, the game was called tight on both sides, so it's one of those we can't fully complain that the refs were against us because it was – yeah. It, it was just an extremely tight game called both ways. But, you know, we started two for three from three and then finished the game four for 18. So, you know, that was killer. I mean, we had six blocks. They had zero. Um, we had 10 steals. They had six. So, I mean, you had point parts of the game that were in your favor, but field goal percentage, I mean, they shot above 50%. Yeah. And so they were getting, they were getting buckets when they wanted to. And when you're having, you know, I'm looking at the score right now, the, the stats, and Battle had 13, Jeremiah Davenport had 12. You, we've seen, like in the Mason Jones, Isaiah Joe, you've got to have one of those guys get you 20. I mean, JV and McCollum for OU had 20. Then you had uh, Away had 14. Rivaldo Suarez had 13. And then Uzon had 11. They had one, two, three, four guys in double digits, two R2. That's the difference when you look at this game. If they're going to be that bad on three-point defense, if they're going to be that bad on perimeter defense, you have to – You know, that's why they're six and four right now. Mm-hmm. You've got to have two guys. One or two guys get you 20 at least. And if it's one, he better get you 26 or 28. But, but when you're going up against an undefeated OU team and you know the intensity of – Muscleman, you know, intensity of the team that you're bringing in and you're facing, you have to come and ball out. You, you know, that game against Duke was in Bud Walton Arena. I mean, that's just, you know, it's almost like in football when you're given, given seven points on the spread because you know home field advantage. I mean, it's hard to beat Arkansas inside Bud Walton Arena. But you've got to do these on the new, especially this neutral site. I mean, games like this, when we, I think this time last year we were talking about it. Games like this, you have to pull out because this is a tournament-style game. Neutral site, look, look at it. It's in Tulsa, regional kind of site against OU. This could be like a 10-7 game or an 8-9 game, you know. Mm-hmm. You you have to be able to have that score that can come in. I mean, Battle, he had 13, but he was 2 for 10. Yeah. I mean, free throws, the one thing you're talking about that they were struggling at. Thank goodness they were good at free throws or this would have been a horrible game. Yeah, the three-point defense has been an issue so far this season, and you hope they figure out something. Um, I know Musk said that uh, in the, one of the press conferences either last night or today that um, they've got to figure out something because he can't. they can't keep putting out the same product um, every game mm-hmm. on the floor, and we're getting beat for the same thing over and over. But, you know, it, having that Mason Jones, Isaiah Joe, uh, those type of players, you know, we thought we had a couple of those guys that, you know, and which I still think we do to an extent that any given night they can go for 25. Yeah. Um, but then we have games like yesterday where it's just a struggle all around 
and none of them can really seem to get going. Um, yeah. Brazil came in, you know, was a starting, which surprised a lot of folks um, and myself, and he did what he could, but we know that that ankle, I mean, especially with his position and his style of play, I mean, it, it, as explosive as he is, um, I'm sure that, that took away a lot of his um, abilities yesterday. Well, they had a guy down low, Hewley. Uh, mm-hmm. It looked like he was just going at will. I mean, yeah, he only had seven points, but, I mean, just his presence down low – you know, he was giving Mitchell, you know, a run mm-hmm. for his money. And, look, that this is a good test because you look at what we've talked about the past couple of years, and when you finally get to the late or Sweet 16, you run into these teams like a Baylor, like a Gonzaga Duke, you know, and, and then UConn. You know, you got mm-hmm. to be able to be able to play down low with these guys because in, in the end, in March, in April, that's what it's going to come down to is, is rebounds and, and playing down low and – I was looking at their – I mean, that's where Arkansas is kind of thriving. I mean, they only allowed OU to get two offensive rebounds, um, three total – am I reading that right on their mm-hmm. three total rebounds? No. No, they got to- 30. 30. Okay. I was looking at team. It said two, one, and three. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, here we go. That was in um, – <clears throat> I was trying to figure out where we're looking on the stat sheet. It said two, one, and three, and I was like, oh. Okay, eight offensive rebounds, thirty-three total. But so you got out rebounded mm-hmm. by eight. I mean, that's I don't I don't know. It's not horrible, but what you I really want to go if ahead. If you looked at the team stats and thought, okay, we had let's see, um, they had fifteen turnovers and we had nine. We shot eighty-four percent from the free throw line. Like you see all these, spots, yes. but the overall field goal percentage is where you is just glaring. Yeah. And you look at their three-point percentage in the first half into the second. You know, you you held them to 16% in the first half. And then in the second half, they shot 50%, 6 of 12. So they hit six threes in the second half, and that's where that needs to flip. You know, you got to be able to have some halftime adjustments. and But then again, you can't have your coach losing his cool and getting thrown out of the game. Yeah, that's his – Eighth, those were his eighth technicals in 10 games so far this year, which I think is probably most. I could be wrong on that. He ha- but, has how many? Uh, he has eight in 10 games. <laughs> yeah. And did you happen to see the tweet that Daniel put out with the Grinch in the bed? Yeah. Oh, my. I mean, that's <laughs> – I mean, you lo- no. you got to love the guy. Look, I mean, I, I've said this because I'm not go- – I'm never going to say, like, he's too much or he's – He's just got to know that, all right, I'm still the coach because mm-hmm. you. I love him for when he's really good and, and, and dramatic. So you got to give and take when he goes. But, I mean, eight technicals in ten games. I mean, if that was one of his players, what would happen? You know, if that, that was one of his players, they would be on the bench. Yeah. So something's got to happen. There was one point that, I mean, you would have thought that Porter Moser for OU would have been thrown out too. Yeah. Just because, as much as he was yelling at the refs, and and yeah, I mean, he seemed. What was crazy is I was watching some of the game. I was with at the in laws yesterday, and I was watching it. And I think with about six seven minutes, I turned it off, and it was almost like by the reaction of social media, and then look at the score. I'm like, it's only a nine point game, but everybody's mm-hmm. like, it just didn't seem like that. So I was just, I think when I stopped watching, it was about the time he got thrown out. Um, I. Can't remember what time in the game, but I was in and out watching it yesterday. 
Yeah, it was fairly early in the second half, I think. But, you know, in the second half, um, except for maybe the last seven, eight minutes or so, I mean, you're looking at you'd get within 12, 11, and then it jumps back up to a 19-point lead. And so it was just – we ran on I, – I can't say we went on a run at the end, but we had a little bit more shots falling, making some plays towards the end, but it was too little too late. Well, and if it goes into that – and, again, this is without watching the last part of just knowing if you're fouling and you're trading threes for twos and they're hitting mm-hmm. one and then you get a three. I mean, that's – Sometimes I, if it's a six-point game, it was like, okay, it was really a 10- to 15-point game, but with the free throws and three-pointers. But the one thing I did notice was just the shot selection. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was so many off-balance. There was so many contested shots that if you could have just made one or two more passes, it could have got somebody open. And that's the biggest thing I realized is, you know, you're talking about when you're getting in within seven, eight, and you – jack up a three you, without even passing the ball or a one-pass shot, now all of a sudden you look behind two or three of those in a row, you're down 20 again, or you're mm-hmm. down 16, 17 points. So it's just smart offense, and a lot of this is, yeah, you can talk about the coaching and stuff, but a lot of this is, you, again, where's the where's the commander? Who's the general on the floor that, mm-hmm. all right, guys, let's settle down, let's run our offense, and let's get some better shots. That's one thing that could be lacking, too. I mean, because when you don't have that general, and I think all, all in all, you look at the game of basketball, there, the point guard is not what a point guard used to be. A point guard, he if he got you 12 points, that was, that was amazing because he was the floor general. He mm-hmm. ran the offense. The offense ran through him, and then it got the ball to whoever or a couple passes, and you just don't hardly see that anymore. Yeah, and we ran into a lot of issues also um... – getting down late into the shot clocks and then putting up shots that were being just thrown up because they were, you know, one second left on the shot clock or getting it off before the buzzer. We may have even had one or two shot clock violations. So, you know, that really seemed like they got, OU got Arkansas out of their rhythm of scoring within, you know, 10, 15 seconds of the shot clock. When it starts getting down to, you know, seven, five, three seconds, you just, you know, and there was a few times even that, um, like, I know Brazil got called for a, a violation, shot clock violation, because um, he had the ball to three point and didn't, I guess, realize how much time was left. So he pump faked and then drove in. And when he took his step to drive in, shot clock went off. Yeah. So it was just not that he did, you know, that, that presence to know that, like, oh crap, we're down, you know, three seconds left on the shot clock when I got the ball. Um, I should have just jacked it up. That just shows the importance of when he's healthy, how much, how different this team is. I mean, played 15 mm-hmm. minutes. Uh, let's see, to, no points. He had three fouls. So, again, you you know how if you're not 100% and you're out there trying to guard somebody, you're going to get a little touchy. You're going to be grabbing a little bit. So, having those three fouls, over two from the from the floor, over one from the three-point line, um, that is where – he has 20 points or he goes off for another 15. This, this could be a different, a tight game. Not saying Arkansas would have necessarily won, but that's those difference makers that you really need to step up. But give it to him for playing 15 minutes when we thought he was probably going to be out for a bit. You know, this uh, mm-hmm. just the ankle sprain. And I give it up to the doctors, give it up to that team, the, the team staff for being able to get him back. I mean, that just shows you how far 
it, we are advanced in medicine and, and rehabs and stuff and, and knowing how to get people back on the, the court quicker. And, mm-hmm. But they got Lipscomb coming up Saturday. So, of course, on the mm-hmm. 16th, I mean, you got – so you've got some time to – you got a week off to really get things. And I think this is a very crucial time with finals, with everything going on. You've got three games to kind of get this figured out because you got Auburn coming. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what kind of team Auburn has. They're, they're, they're going to be ready. The, the Auburn and Alabama and Kentucky, those three teams are those – I get. I don't even know where you'd put Tennessee anymore in that, but I'm just talking about the top three teams that really want your head is Auburn, Alabama, and Kentucky. So you, you've got Auburn coming up on January 6th to start SEC Which play. The, the game before the Arkansas game was mm-hmm. Auburn and Indiana, and Auburn won 104 to 76. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean. You've got a team in Auburn that can score. Well, and and let's not sleep on UNC Wilmington because didn't who who are we talking? Was that the team that they beat Kentucky that we were talking about yeah. last week? Yeah. Um, so, you know, the thing is, and and we'll get into this in the second part because it, it will transfer over into football. But the thing is, with these teams, man, transfer portal can take these teams like a UNC Wilmington, the, these teams that you always seen that were only. Cinderella teams in the tournament. They made runs in their conference tournament. They're getting one or two guys to go to their school, a guy that wasn't picked up, a guy that was maybe on the end of the bench or second string for a Division One school, and he goes to one, and he's making a difference. I mean, go to the girls' side. Um, Ziggy Igginbotham from Arkansas, uh, or uh, she's an in-state kid. I think she played at Batesville, I want to say. Um, she's at Arkansas State right now, and she's averaging 23, 24 points a game. You get to that right school, you uh, you can blow up. And that's that's what the transfer portal has done for some of these schools. So you got a, three games left before you hit the break or uh, the conference with Limscombe, Abilene, Christian, and then UNC Wilmington. So that UNC Wilmington game will be a good good final dress rehearsal before you start conference play. Yeah, and I mean, we I've been following a little bit. You're talking about the transfer portal and some of these players. I mean, even, you know, at Arkansas State also, you know, that's where Darian Ford ended up. Yep. I mean, he's only averaging about eight to ten points a game, but he's had some solid games for him so far. Um, he's getting his playing time that he wanted. And that'll just increase for somebody like him because he's got the skill set. So, you know, Lipscomb last season was a tournament team, I think. Um, they're six and five this season. But, you know, it's one of those that's early on. Um they will more than likely come prepared. So I don't expect an easy battle uh, in North Little Rock on Saturday. Yeah, I believe they're coming off a 85-49 win over Johnson, Tennessee, that does not have a logo next to their game, their yeah. name. But uh, they, I'm going back to December 6th. They, Belmont beat them 70-51. to So, I mean – you never know what type of team that's coming in, but you don't know what type of team that Arkansas is going to bring. You've seen – look, I mean, look mm-hmm. at all the mid-majors and stuff that Arkansas struggled against, and it's in that daunted Little Rock <laughs> arena. So, we, yeah. we know all about the troubles that Arkansas has had inside um, – I guess they Phil Elson likes to call it the stadium with no team or, or whatever, but um, – it's going to be interesting to see how this team picks it up because, look, 
the more times they make it to the Sweet 16, the lead eight, the more pressure's on this team. There's a lot of turnover. Mm-hmm. And they have been getting a lot of uh, slack given to them because of how they've played in February and March. So mm-hmm. they're just – I think that's the thing that where they get the benefit of the doubt because we've seen – I mean, last year, 8-10 and 10 in SEC play, and then all of a sudden you're playing in the Sweet 16 again. So hopefully they can get things figured out in these next three games because uh, the SEC season's not going to be too kind to them at all. Yeah, the commentators yesterday kind of seemed like they were um, wanting to put Arkansas, like, to talk about, like, what they had done. I mean, they mentioned it a few times, Sweet 16, Elite Eights. Um, but where they were at currently, it was kind of hard for them to talk about, like, where Arkansas – um, could be at because, you know, we're unranked. Um, the losses that we've had, they were just kind of unsure on what this team is at this point. I think Eric Musselman's unsure on unsure, what this yeah. team is. I mean, he's, he said that in the press conference. You know, when you, when you have all these guys, and again, when we talk about how great the portal is, when you get a lot of these guys that are they're good players at the teams they come from, then you put them all together. It doesn't always necessarily work out right in, in the – and look – Eric Musselman has coached in every single league. He, mm-hmm. I'm sure he doesn't run a, a easy practice, an easy offense, an easy team. So some of these guys, it's going to take some time to get jailed with the staff, much less getting mm-hmm. jailed with the team on top of you see what Musselman's been able to do with everybody who's come in and get them to the pro or get them to the G League, and they're like, man, they're trying to shine to G League or NBA draft. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of – I feel Musselman's pain because you're having to deal with the you know, the draft and the portal and then guys coming in trying to do their best to – and somebody put it in the comments, too much one-on-one. If you're doing too much one-on-one to try to get your name in the highlights or be that scorer – and not that team ball. That's that's what you're going to get into. Yeah, it's um, you kind of hope that they flip the script when SEC picks up because you know you got you're going to have several teams that are going to stay ranked that are going to go in and out of ranked in the SEC. I mean, with A and M and Tennessee and Kentucky. I mean, these are teams that even if they're not ranked right now, they're going to be at some point. So with these losses that you've had in the non-conference. You're going to have to do better than eight and ten, mm-hmm. like last season, to you know get back to where you were. Well, and if you're playing like you are in the, in the non-conference, that just and we've talked about this with women's basketball. We've talked about this when it comes to tournament time. You know, you've really got. It's almost like in the football where you got to go four and zero in your non-cons because the SEC is so tough. You got to think about your non-conference schedule you're breaking 500 in your non-con, and then you're going to the SEC where you've went 8 and 10. You could – I mean, if you think about it, so if you go into, go into your SEC season two games above 500 and then you go 8 and 10 in SEC play, you're 500 for the year. What, what kind of seed are you going to get, do, you know, performing like that? So – that's where it's very important to close out these last three games to now get yourself with a little bit of cushion heading into Auburn and Georgia and Florida to really start the SEC uh, start the SEC playoff strong. 
Yeah, you just hope that, you know, Brazil comes back. Uh, I mean, I'd say if he's not at 100, like, uh, I mean, I know rust is a big thing for these basketball players. Routines are a big thing for these basketball players. But get him 100% before you get back into SEC play. Um, I know you want to put him out there, but, um, you know, he needs – he's a big key to what Arkansas does offensively and defensively. So, I mean, they've, they've got to get him back 100%. Or as close to 100% as they can. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, with this this week off, that would take the, you know, talking about the most opportune time you can have that would, would be this mm-hmm. week. So, but we're going to take a quick commercial break. After the break, we're going to dive into the football portal news, talk about the uh, volleyball team's magical run to the Elite Eight, and then we'll end it with uh, Razorback basketball, women's basketball dropping a shocker to UAPB today in Bud Walton Arena. We'll be right back. Attention DOIers and home improvement enthusiasts. Are you searching for the right tools and the supplies to tackle your next project? Look no further than Mentors Hardware Store. With locations in Ozark, Alma, and Clarksville, our vast selection of hardware and building materials is sure to have everything you need. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or building a new deck, most of our knowledgeable staff is always on hand to offer expert advice and guidance. And with our competitive prices and convenient online ordering, Metters Hardware Store is your one-stop shop for all your DIY needs. Visit us today and let's build something amazing together. Are you in need of legal representation? Look no further than the law offices of Robertson, Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson. As the oldest law firm in the River Valley, we have been serving our clients for over 100 years with locations in Ozark, Fort Smith, and Springfield. Our experienced team of attorneys provide expert guidance and advocacy in a wide range of legal areas, including personal injury, family law, criminal defense, and more. Trust in our Harris history and experience to get the results you deserve. Contact the law offices of Robertson Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson today at 479-782-8813. That's 479-782-8813. Are you looking for a place to grab a cold drink and some delicious food? Look no further than Arkansas Brewing Company. Located at 201 South 1st Street in beautiful downtown Ozark, our establishment offers a wide selection of craft beers and tasty eats. But what sets us apart is our welcoming atmosphere and friendly staff. At Arkansas Brewing Company, you'll always feel like part of the family. So visit Destiny and Christopher Brockett and staff today and see for yourself what makes us the go-to spot for locals and visitors alike. Arkansas Brewing Company, come for the drinks and stay for the friends. Searching for premium brewery products that will take your daily routine to the next level? Look no further than Sterling Soap Company. Our handmade soaps, aftershaves, and balms are made with only the finest ingredients that give you the ultimate grooming experience. With a variety of scents to choose from, there's something for everyone. Plus, our products are crafted in small batches to ensure the highest level of quality. So why wait? Visit www.sterlingsoap.com or visit our retail store at 16 West Walnut Street in Paris, Arkansas. Shop our collection and discover the difference for yourself. Upgrade your grooming routine with Sterling Soap Company. And we want to welcome you back to the Hog Talk podcast. And now we're going to jump into the, the portal news, the, the Bobby Hopper tunnel portal news, as, as I like to call it. Um been a lot of movement today. It was kind of a crazy day, um, shifting and just seeing a lot of people going. Uh, you've seen Rocket Sander teasing going to South Carolina. You've seen some guys, uh, Tesla, Tesla, 
saying he's coming back for another year. So Armstrong, I think, you know, that knee, I don't know if I would say a knee-jerk reaction of what's going on with the football team and what they need. But, one, you don't truly know who your quarterback's going to be. You don't know what kind of offensive line you got. Those two right there, mm. when you got a guy like Bobby Trent, it's it's almost like the start of this year. You had KJ and Rocket, but then you didn't have an offensive line that were really helping helping them out. Any. So now you got an offensive uh, offensive coordinator who hopefully, I mean, he's worked his magic at Missouri State. So hopefully, we can get some people in, get some pieces to come in, and really, because if we thought that last year was a very important year for Coach Pittman. This next year is, I would say, 10 times more important. Yeah. Um, so, in the portal, we've seen, well, I think we've got 14 players that have announced. Um, you know, we did see Tesla come out and say he was coming back today. Jaden Johnson announced that he was coming back. Um, you know, we've had arms. We've had several that have come out, you know, that they're, they're staying here. Um, one that I wasn't so much shocked. Uh, I really wasn't shocked at all because, you know, he was – we saw him early in the season and then we didn't see anything from him again was Bryce Stevens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he announced Malik Chavis, um, rocket, which, yeah, we saw, you know, in his IG story, him in the South Carolina gear. Um, then he posted another that he wasn't committed, but saying he's going on his tour. He's, you know, posting the pictures. It's hard to see, but it is what it is. Um, so it, it you know, poop is the only one that's committed so far that it's left. Were you shocked? Leaving. Were you shocked that he, he went to Ole Miss? Um, yes and no. Um, I think from the fan perspective, um, it was hard to see. Um, I detest Ole Miss more than most <laughs> SEC schools. Uh, they're just up there on my list. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, they're just I, I've never been able to tolerate anything Ole Miss. Um, but from the aspect of where they're at as a football program, it didn't surprise me. Um, where they're at with, and this isn't a, a shot at Lane Kiffin or anything, but where they're at with probably with maybe some, I mean, we'll just call it like it is, NIL money that potentially came in, which we don't know about. Um, you know, that could have played a factor in it, too. Well, I know that his father's come out like money wasn't the issue here at Arkansas. Uh, I get that. Um, but you never know. I mean, I, I feel like that has a something to play or comes into play a little bit for these guys when they transfer. Look, I just think a lot of it has to do with, with how this team was. Look how much the defense carried the offense. I mean, look at mm-hmm. Jalen Catalan. Yeah, he went to Texas, and he's back in the portal again. I mean, look, there's good and bad with this portal thing. There's good, bad in NIL. It's just also when you combine the two. You look at high school kids getting NIL and school choice now. They can go to any school they want to in the state of Arkansas, and now they can get NIL money, which, if handled in the right fashion, hey, why not let the kids get some money? You know, especially, and I'll say this, I, I know there's a lot of people who are against, you know, kids in high school getting any kind of NIL money. But when you've got these kids, my kids are in eighth grade now. They're going into ninth grade. They practice three, four days a week during the summer. I mean, my kid almost quit football because it felt like he didn't have a summer, and he's an eighth grader. 
So just imagine these 10th graders, and plus on top of practice, you get seven on seven. And now, I'm not saying these kids need to make thousands of dollars, but I will say this. When it comes to the high school athlete we're seeing, look at overtime, look at max preps, look at all these people that are making millions off of these highlight films of these kids. Yes, the kids love it, but at a point, what time, What are we taking advantage of the kids saying they should be just lucky that they are able to get that, or should they be able to start making money? This this view there, this video you did went viral. Now you got two D1 offers, but nothing ever pans out. But, hey, here's, here's some monetization for that viral video. You know, I think they all in the grand scheme should get, because, look, what started NIL is because you have commentators and people making money off of these college kids. NCAA turned it into a business. Now it's dripping down into the high school ranks where all these highlight films are getting millions of views. Why not throw a little bit to the kids? And I'm not sure. I didn't look into what Arkansas's, I guess, regulations are going to be now. You know, I remember when Missouri um, launched theirs a while back. Um, it was players in high school could get NIL money once they have signed a financial agreement with the college, the in-state college that they've picked. So is that kind of what Arkansas is like? I'll, I'm, I'm going to pull up. Kevin Bohannon was talking about it a lot because it had been mm. brought up with the um, the AAA was tweeting about it. Let me pull up his mm. thing real quick. But but like you were talking about, like with the college players and the NCAA, like the EA games, you know, I know that's a big deal Like with uh, EA foot or college football's coming out, you know, next year. They worked out all the lawsuits, whatever. But, you know, how much, how many millions, you know, have they made on players for years and years? And it's funny is I was on Instagram a couple of days ago and a, a reel popped up and it was with Rashid Wallace, um, you know, played for the mm-hmm. Trailblazers, Pistons, yep. and they have, you know, in the NBA 2K games, they have a bunch of legends mm-hmm. that they still put. And they asked him why he's never been on it. And his flat out point was it's because of money, because they want to pay me roughly $10,000 but how much are they going to make off of my name afterwards? And he, he's not going to be a part of it. Yeah. And that's kind of the same thing with the college kids. They're making all this off of you. And the, for years, it was just a better, y'all should just be happy that, you know, your likeness is in the game. And then like, like yeah. me and a bunch of other people, it's like the way you, you know, especially on Xbox, I don't know if PlayStation was the same way, but we would go and download the rosters mm-hmm. So that all the names oh, yeah. and numbers matched up, because you well, knew that running back exactly. number five was Darren exactly. McFadden. So, but it's like you remember back in okay, I'm aging myself. I remember back when they had trading cards and cereal boxes, and mm-hmm. the players wore blank jerseys. They didn't wear their mm-hmm. team jersey. It was a blank hat and a blank jersey. You, you've got people that are. Just now, I, I remember there was a kid that played at Ozark and then went to a smaller school, won a state <laughs> championship, and now he's at Southside. I mean, kids are able to move. Now, you know, being able to move and not have to sit out, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad, but it's all about the fit. It's all about the kid, you know. And But the, then again, it's like you might see some of these teams start to stack up. But I'm going to be honest. The, you you followed high school sports just as long as I have, probably. This all stems from the public versus private school 
debate. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, Shiloh mm-hmm. gets to do it. You know, Shiloh gets to do it. Uh, well, PA's done it. But then you look at Bryant and Greenwood. And, I mean, it, it's it's happened well, in both oh, yeah. sets. Well, and I mean, I'll go back to, um, you know, being from Fort Smith and going to Northside. And this was even before I uh, was a student at Northside. But, you know, the, the girls' basketball team went on that four-peat in the state championship. <laughs> yeah. We Northside played them, was, yeah. They were yeah, good. Northside was one of, I believe, four high schools in the entire country at that point in time that was sponsored by Nike. And it, it was all because of the girls' team. But there was that was back then that was unheard of. You know, yep. it was the, uh, the different schools or whatever. You had to do fundraisers or your parents were buying your shoes or whatever, yep. and, you know, it was completely unheard of. I mean, now you've got schools that are sponsored by Jordan, sponsored by Nike, this, that, and the other, and it's just, I mean, it, it compared to, you know, the 99 to 2002 stretch that, you know, North, the Northside girls had, I mean, it's insane. Yeah, that was those were my days where Ozark was battling with them every single year. I mean, I mean they were playing them toe-to-toe. I mean, mm-hmm. we, I remember the Coleman and Kirsch, and I mean, mm-hmm. Red Coleman to Micah Kirsch. I mean, that, that one of the best teams to come out of Northside. And they were ranked third in the nation, I believe, the mm-hmm. year after I graduated when Ozark beat them at home. But, yes, I mean, seeing those programs, now you see it's all of it is is prep schools and, and, and you know, IMG. And, I mean, I think Duncanville might be the top premier when it comes to public schools that is still up there. But when you see it, it's look at a link prep in mm-hmm. Branson. You know all these you're, prep schools. You're starting to see a lot more of these prep schools that are competing with the Montbirds and IMGs, yep. and uh, they're they're finding a way for it to work. You know, Duncanville I know has gotten some heat over the last couple few years with. Um, didn't they get in with Anthony Black? Didn't he have to? Didn't they end up having to? strip away their state championship or something something to do like right or it was while he was there but it was i don't know what they actually took away but i know it was like it was something with the coach or the principal or i know i didn't know if it was him directly but i remember something happened at duncanville yeah uh, i don't think they ever came out and like named any but any kids or anything which you know at that point in time he was at arkansas so I'm sure they could have if they were going to since he was over the age. The thing that gets me in this, we went on a wild tangent of of high school and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, it needs to be talked about. And I'm sure this summer we'll get more into it and when high school football rolls back around. But, you know, you see this stuff with Rocket at South Carolina and stuff, and they just come out with a thing where we can't take photos on official visits. Like, what's the difference between, you know, these high school kids coming in and then you see – all these college players being paraded around and they're getting just, and then again, it's just like another recruiting visit. It's another thing where uh, what really got me was Mac McClung. He was an internet sensation in high school. Then he went to Georgetown, mm-hmm. dropped 20 points a game, and then he didn't have no glamour on him. So he ends up going to Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Gets out of Texas Tech, he ends up going to G League, I think, and for the NBA. Yeah. NBA. Then he gets into the slam dunk competition, and I mean, hadn't he heard nothing it. from him since. Yeah, he won it. Well, he's been, he's been back in the G League. He uh, won. He was on uh, the team that won it last year. Ricky Council's team, yeah. Delaware Bluecoats. They they won the G League championship. Uh, now he plays for the Orlando Magic affiliate, but you know he, he's. 
I, I don't think you'll ever see him on an NBA court. I, I think he's one yeah. of those that he's always going to be in the G League. And that's nothing against him. I just think yeah. that that's where he's at. Well, a lot of it yeah. is, look, you, you, you've got to play defense. He's an offensive highlight reel. He can dunk. I mean, but you got to be able to play defense, and that's that's his biggest struggle when it comes to – I mean, but we all know the difference between D1 and NBA. You know, you could be an All-American basketball player in college, and then you're sitting at the end of the bench being a, a journeyman, being on the practice squad. I mean, it's just how that goes when you're going into the league. I mean, just because you're at the end of the bench doesn't mean you're a, not a good basketball player. That's the biggest thing that irks me is – Guy never does anything. He goes to the NBA and maybe scores seven, eight points a game for his career, but he's been on a team for 12 years. Running up against him in a gym, and you'll see the difference. I mean, I'm sure well, everybody in Forts or Fayetteville okay. has seen that. Well, and uh, you know, a lot of people still uh, – and I, I feel like sometimes I'm like a big Patrick Beverly defender, and that's what I like, don't <laughs> necessarily try to sound like. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you know, people come at him for his offense – or his lack thereof, and I'm like, okay, he's found what has gotten him to play professionally for the past 16, 17 years, and that's his defense, that's getting under your skin, and that's being a good teammate. Um, This is a guy that in Chicago, his senior year, averaged 40 points a game, Mm -hmm. and then he think he came into Arkansas. I mean, he averaged, I think, 14, 15, but he's found what his niche is in the NBA that's kept him in a league that most people are six years, I think. And he's at, I mean, I think he's at uh, 12 overall in the NBA, but 16 overall professionally. So, I mean, he's doing, he's found whatever it is that's made him last this long. I've seen that interview in bits and pieces and we've Mm. shared a couple of uh, snippets from it, but yeah, I mean, he, look, you can hate on him all he wants, and he'll tell you. You can hate on me all you want. I'm playing defense. I'm getting my bag. Mm-hmm. So what? I'm not averaging 28 points a game, but I found a role. And you know what? For somebody, and you think about a team like, let's bring Arkansas back into it. And I'm not saying this is them, so don't just screw this another way, construe this another way like I'm not. But you see, like a team like UConn last year, all the players accepted their roles and they won a national mm-hmm. championship. There's a big difference between a team that has a lot of scoring potential, a lot of potential, but if you could get everybody to accept their role and play as a team, we would see a lot better basketball. We would see a lot more fundamentals. And, again, we would see a lot more matchups that are good basketball because you're seeing two teams where they're accepting their roles and you're going to get better team basketball out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, like, and especially with Patrick, it's one of those that he you you look at his stat line and it's like, you know, damn, he only had four points and six rebounds, one two steals, whatever. But he played for thirty three minutes. He played okay. So look at who he was defending, and let's yep. see their stat line. Exactly, he was in the game that long for a reason. Mm-hmm. And that's so the thing. He, Everybody likes it because he talks. Okay. He talks a I think lot. it was – huh? I said they give him a lot of flack. Look at Muscleman. Mm-hmm. You look at Muscleman and his personalities. That's the reason why. If he never said a word and he went out there and played defense, and this is, goes into him, if he never said a word and he went in there and played defense, nobody would know who he was. So he's got to mm-hmm. talk and be brash because guess what? That's entertainment. You're in the professional league. You're there to entertain. 
but yet be good. So he has to do that. Look at Deion Sanders in primetime. That all started, his name started in high school, but he knew that a defensive back never got the shine in college football, and, and so he made up the persona primetime, and look where it got him. That, that's the reason why a lot of people, because mm-hmm. he does all that talking, he might score six points, but he done locked up LeBron James for three quarters or, or you know, Kevin Durant for three quarters. That's that's what he does. And, you know, it's crazy. Like, I think the quietest I've heard we're seeing uh, Beverly lately is he dropped like 26 against Boston the other night, and I've, like, hardly heard a peep out of him. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, the game he comes out and, you know, scores 26, he, he doesn't say anything. Yeah, it's it's a crazy world. I know that mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that aren't with the whole NIL and the high school game and it trickling down. I know it kind of shocked me because again, one or the other is 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 perfectly okay, but it's like when you start mixing the two, that's where you get into those muddy waters because you got schools that start getting kids to come. I mean, you just look at the smaller teams. So let's look at Boonville, who just won the state championship in 3A. You got a t- town right next to them in Magazine. Magazine has one or two kids that they could really compete for their conference title or whatever. Or they got two kids and they go five and seven, but they're really good athletes. They just go right down the road. And now Boonville goes into an, a state championship team. It's happened for a long time, but. That's where that comes into. But do you do you blame the kid for wanting to go 5, 10 miles down the road to be able to win a state championship in high school? Because as much as we want to say, wherever we go in our college or pro career, what we do in our lives, we always kind of remember our high school days. And what kid doesn't, you know, want to win a state championship? So you just see that, and you, there's the good and bad. But I don't have nothing against it because, again – it's not affecting my life personally, so it's like it is what it is on it. But I, I think it's kind of cool that some of these kids – look at Kane Archer. Mm-hmm. That's a kid that deserves some NIL money because he's all over the internet. He's one of the – and highlight reel. Why not get him a deal? Why not get him? As long as it don't affect the kid, now he starts dipping on his productivity. Do you take some of that money back, <laughs> you know? Well, then I just wonder if you get into, uh, like we've seen, you know, in the entertainment business with – um, parents using their kids for, you know, the yep. money that they could make and this and that. But like you're talking about with, you know, the high school days and the kids transferring school. I think you're seeing a lot of that too. And in, uh, in Northwest Arkansas, especially with the, you know, with the Walmart transplants yep. that you've got everybody into Bentonville and the Rogers areas, and they're starting to dip down into the Greenlands into the smaller surrounding yeah. areas. Oh, with smaller schools Cause Jeez. they may Elkins. be, you know, a third stringer, up at Bentonville West, but then they go down to a, you know, 4A, 3A school, and they're starting. They're getting their name out there. And you know who benefits more than any school with that? That's Fayetteville. Hmm. Look look at Springdale. Look at Bentonville. Look at Rogers. They had to split their teams into two different schools. Fayetteville gets to stay in one high school. But they've blown up Farmington. They've blown up Prairie Grove. They've blown Hmm. up Elkins. I mean, all these schools. Now, Greenland kind of and West Fork a little bit. I mean, this is just me working up there, you know, for the past four years and watching all these towns blow up. I mean, Pea Ridge, mm-hmm. 5A. Farmington, 5A. Prairie Grove, 5A. I mean, you're, Elkins is 4A when they were 2A a few years ago. I mean, they're just – you see the growth in northwest Arkansas. Uh, Gravit's another one, you know, that's completely blown up. 
and you're going to see more and more of it. Yeah, it's crazy to see because, like, you know, when I was at Northside, the you know, I graduated in 2005, but you know, playing at Northside, and then it was it was right in the time that Springdale split and came Springdale Harbor, um, and you know, we played against uh, Michael Sanchez was at Springdale then. Yep. And, you know, he was at Springdale and then went to Harbor because I think their kids had a choice uh, in, like, which one they wanted to go to. So, you know, that was the, our first really, my first time seeing that split happen. Um, and then when I had moved to Northwest Arkansas later on and my retail management life, you know, I had a kid that the same thing was happening to Rogers when they split schools. So you started seeing it happening, you know, in the early, two, early to mid-2000s up there. And now it's just, now I look at the school list and I'm just like, geez like there, there's so many new schools you know it was the 5a west back then um and now they're up to the 6a they were seven whatever it is now it's it's hard to keep track of sometimes well, i'll do you one i mean a lot of people don't even remember that matt jones went to van buren yeah he, before, before he went yeah, to, before Northside. Yeah, you know, before Northside. Was, I, I played against yeah. him in basketball football and basketball mm-hmm. when he was at van buren a sophomore and then he ends up going to to Northside and played against mm-hmm. him again there but that, that's another one. He goes to Northside and ends up U of A. But, but what we're going to do, we're going to end the show congratulating the Arkansas volleyball team, Elite Eight run toe-to-toe. And, I mean, you got to think this year, 28-6, and six, they're going to have an All-American on their team. I mean, it, this team went toe-to-toe with Wisconsin, who was ranked number one in the country, uh, to five sets in the first time they played, and then they got swept the, the next uh, day. And then Nebraska at Nebraska in the Elite Eight pushed them to a four sets. Nebraska won three to one, but it, I mean, other than the second set that really went Nebraska's way, mm-hmm. Arkansas played toe to toe with them. had a had a lead in the first and, and and let it go away. But again, when we talked about the Wisconsin and this Nebraska game, it was the same kind of thing. You had a lead and you let that team that is the number one team in the country come back and get in it. You know, that's it, one of the things you can't you, you can't let them. You got to keep your foot on the pedal when it comes to that. And I know watching the game though, I mean, you would you would have thought it was you couldn't tell which team was what. They were both mm-hmm. that good. I mean, the volleys and just seeing them laying themselves on the floor, and you know, hate it for the kids that like Jill and Taylor, Matt, all the ones that have been there from the jump. You know, all the ones that come in, you look at Taylor Head, a senior, Jill, Maggie Cartwright, senior, Haley Schneider, senior. You know, this team was just like the softball team, the women's basketball program, the soccer program, swim dot. You know, this was that team that is next. Mm-hmm. You know, got got ranked. They were at the bottom of the SEC. Coach Watson does, I, to me, I, this is not a homer take at all. Coach Watson deserves to be the national coach of the year for what he's done with this team. He's taken a team of people that had one or fewer Division One offers and turned them into an elite program, elite eight program. You know, he took somebody like Jill Gillen and turned them into a superstar. Taylor Head, freshman of the year in her freshman year in the SEC. So, major props to mm-hmm. this school, major props to Coach Watson and his team. And no matter what happens, the volleyball will always be there from this season signed by the team that, that Coach Watson gave me before the season started. So that that's how we wanted the show tonight. A big congratulations to them. And 
really quickly, yes, UAPB come into Bud Walton Arena, beat Arkansas 74-7 to in a shocking game. UAPB's got a couple of ballers, and Corey Beck's daughter played on plays uh, Coriah. Is that how you pronounce her name, mm-hmm. Coriah? So. Beck and Zay Green. So Arkansas's got a tough road ahead of them. They've been struggling, went on how to uh, guard a guard, perimeter defense, shocker, like when we're comparing the men's and basketball or men's and women's teams. But that will do it for this show. Adam, you got anything else, man? No, just congratulations to the volleyball team. I mean, this is a hell of a season. That game was intense from start to finish. Um, this whole season has been great. You know, Nebraska has only dropped, I think, seven sets all season. <laughs> yeah. And so, and none at home up to that point. So, I mean, it was it was amazing to see. But, um, you know, the basketball team, they've got to figure some things out. Um, I hope Talia Scott's knee's all right. I think it looked a little banged up. Um, I don't know if it was her knee or her ankle. I think ankle, Ethan came out and yeah. said that uh, she had stepped on, landed on another um, player's foot. So, yeah, we'll definitely yep. keep our eyes on that. Yeah, Nebraska was 32-1 and one overall, 21 yeah, at home. So, yeah, that tells you what time of team it was. But that yeah. will do it for this week's episode of the Hog Talk podcast. We're going to try to do a weekly women's sports report sometime this week. We'll get back in the swing of that with women's basketball full swing, gymnastics coming, swim and dive team coming. So we'll be back with you this week. We'll announce it one day this week, Monday or Tuesday, where we're going to do it. But we'll catch you on, on the backside. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.